We shall assemble at the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne. With humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song. Glory. I don't know if that was real, but, but Brian, I'm getting like a delay. <laughs> but that was good. That was a neat echo. I didn't know I sounded like that. You guys could have told me. I sound good. I sound good. <laughs> welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, we, we'll begin here uh, at least with our first speaker in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we do so, I do have a scripture I would love for us to read and just one more song I would love for us to sing. So go ahead and take out your hymn books. There are some hymn books right in front of you and open up to hymn number 71. Hymn number 71. We'll sing this song together. We'll have a scripture and then the very next voice you will hear through prayer would be that of Brother Kent Johnson. And as soon as Brother Johnson is done, we'll have Sister Casey Higginbotham to come and to introduce our first speaker for today. So hymn number 71, hymn number 71. You know, it, it doesn't distract me all that much. I'm just wondering about the speakers. So, I think we got it. I didn't get a feedback, so I think we got it. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. with me as together we read this scripture 
after which we will have our prayer and followed immediately after by Sister Casey Higginbottom. I'm reading from the book of Psalms chapter 147. That's Psalms chapter 147, uh, reading at verse 1, and, and I'll end at verse number 3. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is a beautiful thing. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. Verse number three would, would say, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for just uh, being a God who loves us, who cares for us, Father. Thank you for your, your mercies. Thank you for your gifts. Father, we're especially thankful this morning for this opportunity to be here. And Father, just to uh, commune together and, and Father, to be better together. We're thankful for that. Thank you for the work that's gone into uh, the day, the, the workshop, the speakers, Father, those that are, that are working behind the scenes that have, have put a lot of work into uh, uh, kind of creating this day, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you that, uh, Father, that you're here with us today, and we thank you for the blessings of, of just Jesus, Father. We pray uh, in Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. Hello, welcome to our first ever Better Together. We hope this is the first of many. My name is Casey Higginbotham and I'm one of your hosts for our event today. Um, this is the only time I'll be in front of you guys all at the same time today. So I wanna take a moment to um, thank Dr. Rebecca Claypool, um, who is the co-host for today. I know later she'll be acknowledging Patterson and Todd Wiginton and um, some other staff members in our eldership for um, really Patterson envisioning this day um, and for all the, the support and guidance that we've gotten. So I don't want to steal her thunder um, for thanking you guys for that, but I do want to publicly acknowledge her role in planning this day. Um, Rebecca, we're listed as co-hosts on the back of the program. At best, I've been her assistant. <laughs> She has been the driving force behind organizing this day. Her um, organizational skills, her attention to detail, her consistency in moving tasks forward that needed to be accomplished in order for this day to happen have just really been beautiful to watch. Um, she has laid this event at the feet of Jesus and really poured her heart into um, this day. And I think as you move through the day and experience the things that we have planned for you, you'll recognize the thoughtfulness and intentionality that's gone into planning for this. And that's really um, Rebecca <laughs> behind that. So I don't even think she's in here, but I would love to give her a round of applause as a thank you for her preparation for today. There she is. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Claypool. Um, okay. So um, without further ado, I would like to introduce our first keynote speaker of the day. I'm really honored to be able to introduce Abigail Adams, um, who grew up here at Antioch. And I know um, her bio is in the program, but I'd like to read it aloud before she comes up. Um, so Abigail, oh, hold on. <laughs> it's not going to work. Abigail grew up in Nashville, Tennessee as a member of the Antioch Church of Christ. She earned a BA in psychology from Lipscomb University and an MA in marriage and family therapy from Harding University, where she began her professional training. Gail now works for Youth Villages as a family therapist, where she invests her energy and expertise in teens and families through multiple weekly home visits and community education. We're really fortunate to have her expertise here um, today. So welcome Abigail as she talks about navigating health and introduction to mental and emotional health. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> okay, I guess I'll stand on stage, yes. Um, okay, this is really exciting. I'm really scared to be up here. 
but I'm really excited. And I have my notes on my phone, so if I'm looking at my phone, it's my notes. Um, okay, so as she said, my name's Abigail, I go by Gail. Um, a little bit about what I do, I work for Youth Villages, and so we do, if you've, you may have heard of Youth Villages, we do a lot of different things. Um, also, if I like drop the mic, can someone just like tell me to lift it? Um, yeah, we do a lot of different things. What I'm doing with Youth Villages is we have a program called the MST program. So we are working with teenagers that are on probation. And so they get in trouble, they have to go to court. And then a lot of times they'll put our services in the home to work with the kids, the teens, their families, figure out what's going on. So just a tiny background about what I do. Um, okay, so... You may be surprised to see me up here if you know me. Um, I think Kent Johnson was joking about how he had never heard me talk for more than like a few minutes, maybe a few seconds. <laughs> so I'm also surprised to see myself up here. I think the last time I gave a speech was in 2019. I talked at my grad school graduation. Um, and that was to a lot less people for a lot less time. So I went back, though, and watched my old speech recently when I was like trying to prepare for this. And I watched the video of it. And at the end, I ended my speech by having everyone take a really deep breath. And I said, my speech is over. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but here we are. So let's start maybe the same way that I ended my last speech. I want everyone to just take some really deep breaths. And not like this type of deep breath where you go like this. <sighs> the type of deep breath where you breathe in through your nose, like really deep. You hold it for a second and you let it out. Maybe it feels more like this. I'm going to do it into the mic. See how that's pretty different? Yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, just take some deep breaths. Uh, maybe think about where we are today. We're here at Antioch Church Christ. A lot of you go here. If you've never been here before, we have um, some beautiful green carpet. And we have some really nice fuzzy green benches that match. They're really nice. I think maybe that's why my favorite color is green. Um, but yeah, just a few more deep breaths. We're all here Saturday. Game day, the Vols are playing today. Um, okay, I'm gonna call up Bryant. If you don't know Bryant, he is a member of our church. He has grown up here. He's 19, and his birthday was yesterday. Happy, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Bryant's just gonna be my assistant today. There he is. Um, okay, so today, oh yeah, I was also going to say, I'm going to forget stuff and then be like, oh yeah. Um, okay, so today we're focusing on our mental and emotional health, right? So a lot of times when we're in buildings like this, we are more focused on maybe our spiritual health. But they're both very important, so today is going to be more, more about mental, emotional health. Um, okay. So when I was preparing for this talk, this, my talk is basically what is mental health and why is it important, right? Um, which is a lot harder to explain than I thought. Like when I was thinking about how do I tell a bunch of people what mental health is, I like what my brain was kind of blank, even though that's like what I'm doing every single day. Um, so I started asking people I know, like, okay, so if someone asks you, what would you say? And I got a lot of different answers. There was a lot of, like, really core, same responses. I'm going to put up... Oh, okay. Um, this is the definition according to the World Health Organization. I just Googled it to see what, like, the general definition was on the Internet. And when I was reading it, it like also kind of didn't make sense to me, which I feel like just kind of shows that it's really hard to explain this like really important topic. So you can read it. I don't really want to, but you can if you want to. 
some people, I feel like reading definitions makes sense to some people. To me, it just kind of confuses me. It does say mental health is a basic human right, and I think that's true. Um, okay. So I have these questions up here. This is just kind of for me, like when I was thinking about how do I think about like my own mental health if I'm doing like a little survey of how am I doing? These are kind of some of the questions that I ask myself. And again, this is just me. This isn't coming from some sort of like mental health therapy book or something. This is just Gail's version. So I'm kind of asking myself like, how am I functioning in each area of my life? You know, so I have like, how am I feeling about myself? Um, I'm also thinking about how am I feeling with my family? How are things going with my friend groups? Uh, at work, at my com in my community, in my church. I'm thinking a lot about how much energy I have too because I get really tired. And especially being a therapist, I get really, really emotionally tired, so I have to really check in with myself. Um, I'm thinking about my emotions. I just put one up there. When have I felt anxious lately? Of course, there's many more emotions. Uh, when was the last time I laughed or had fun? That's really important to me. I feel like it should be important to everybody, but I've definitely had seasons of life where I've like sat down and been like, when was the last time I laughed and like not been able to remember? Which was then I was like, okay, I need to figure some things out. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sure most of us have seen the movie Inside Out. Um, so when I think of mental health, there's kind of like, I mean, there's so much to it, but there's kind of like the three main kind of like categories. So I think of like our emotions, I think of our mind, like our thoughts. Um, those are also all affected. They, those both affect our behaviors as well. So there's kind of like those three connecting things. Um, okay, so first I think about emotions. Also, I'm gonna be kind of like flying through this stuff. This is like years of work and therapy that I'm about to just like fly through. Um, okay, so we have our emotions, and I wanted to put up, I'm going to show just like a couple of the tools, like little worksheets that I use with some of the teenagers and families that I'm working with, um, because one part of just like our emotional health, kind of like step one is being able to know what our emotions are and naming them. Um, so... Obviously, there's like kind of like the four main categories. I'm sure you could put another category up there. This is just what this worksheet has. Um, but there's happiness, sadness, anger, fear. And then within those categories, I don't know how well you can see it, but there's also like, uh, let's see. Like with anger, there's you could maybe feel kind of annoyed about something or annoyed with someone. There could also be a situation where you are enraged um, which are pretty different versions of the same kind of category. But just to show you, like, there's so many different ways of describing how we feel. And depending on what we feel, like, within our anger, if we're kind of annoyed or if we're enraged, it requires different responses. So if I'm kind of annoyed, I'm going to do something different than if I was. If I'm kind of annoyed, I might maybe not do a ton about it. If I'm enraged, like I need to figure out what's going on, why am I so, so angry? Um, how do I calm down? What do I need to do? Okay, there's also another part of our emotions. Bryant, are you following? You're good? Okay. Um, there's also this other part of our emotional health, which is being able to recognize what we're feeling and where we're feeling it. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, but our emotions, a lot of times we know what we're feeling by where we feel it or how we're feeling it in our body. I don't know how much we really like think about that, but it's really important because those are where we figure out what's going on. So I have an example. This is one that a kid did that I was working with, and he did a really, really good job. This was a very emotionally intelligent kid. I don't really know that many adults who could just sit down in one session and tell me exactly where they feel everything, but this kid did a really good job. 
Um, I really like on here, I don't know if you can see the colors super well, but like he has at the bottom, there's a little scale and it has like anger is red. And so he showed anger, he circled his hands because that's where he feels his anger, which makes sense because when he would get really angry, he would want to punch something or someone. Um, for fear, he put these like lines outside of his body because he was saying when he gets scared, he kind of like shakes and that's kind of how he feels it. Um, okay, this is also, this is a very like simple tool that we use working with some of the kids. It's just helping them build, kind of put all of this stuff together. So identifying what they feel, why they feel that way, what did they do about it. So for example, I could say um, this morning I felt really anxious. I felt this way because I had to stand up in front of a bunch of people and talk. Um, I knew that I felt anxious because I woke up really early and couldn't go back to sleep. And I felt really cold when I'm anxious, I get like chills. And what did I do about it? I made all of you take really deep breaths with me so I could calm down. Um, I asked my friend Bryant to come up here and help me and be with me so I'm not alone. So that's kind of what this tool is. It's just starting to like build that skill. Um, okay, so I mentioned there's our emotions, there's also our mind, our thoughts. Um, we have, I know there's some sort of statistic that's like, we have this many thoughts every day. I don't know what the statistic is, but it's a lot of thoughts every day. Um, but with all of those thoughts, there are Thoughts that are helpful, thoughts that are not helpful, thoughts that are true, thoughts that are not true. And so part of working on our mental health and developing these skills is being able to navigate, to sort through which ones are helpful or not helpful, true, not true. Um, so another example I could give, like this morning when I woke up and I felt really anxious and nervous, um, you know, I could have just sat there in my room, like shaking and being like, oh, I have to speak in front of a bunch of people and it's gonna be so scary and I'm gonna forget everything that I have planned and if I forget everything, everyone's gonna think I'm dumb and they're not gonna wanna talk to me anymore. So some of those thoughts, uh, maybe some of them are true. I did have to get up here and I could forget everything, that's also true. But then there's also a lot of those that were not helpful, which I think is like a really um, important one to think about, helpful versus unhelpful. Because were those thoughts helpful for me? No, I was just sitting there spinning around in my, feeling all of my anxious feelings. Um, versus maybe building some more helpful ones would be, okay, I have to get up in front of all these people and talk today, I'm really nervous about it and that's okay that I'm nervous about it, but it's gonna be fine, and even if I forget everything, I'm still gonna go home and watch Tennessee play South Carolina, and I'll be fine. My life is gonna go on. So those are, I'm still gonna feel kind of anxious. It's not gonna just like wipe away all of those feelings, but maybe I'll feel a little bit less anxious. Maybe everything will feel a little bit more manageable, which is kind of one of our goals with working on our mental health. Okay, Bryant, are you good? Okay, so here we have a picture of a window. This is my window from um, my old bedroom at my parents' house in Bradford Hills. Um, it's a beautiful, nice glass window, my plant in front of it. Um, let's say one day I got enraged and I had a rock in my hand and I took the rock <laughs> and I threw it straight at the window. Brian, I'm gonna use you for this. Brian, okay, if I took a rock, threw it at the window, what do you think would happen? I think it would break. It would break, yes. What do you think it could maybe look like? Broken. <laughs> Are there different ways that it could be broken? Yeah, it could like have a crack or it could have a hole. Could shatter maybe? Yeah. Yes, okay. So it sounds like we know something would happen to it? Yes. 
but maybe we don't necessarily know what would happen. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when things happen to us in life, we can predict that we will be affected, but we can't predict what? We can't predict how. And that's a really important thing to remember because, I mean, me and Bryant could go through the exact same thing but have very different reactions to it. And that doesn't mean that how I am reacting to it is right or wrong or Bryant's process is right or wrong. But that's something really important as we walk through life. One for ourselves, because I think sometimes we do that to ourselves where we're like, well, Bryant handled it this way and I, I feel totally different about it. And does that mean that I'm wrong? I don't know. Or we observe other people and we think, that's not how I reacted to that. That's so weird that he's reacting to it like this. There must be something wrong with him. Stuff like that. I'm sure we've all have had those thoughts. Oh, yeah. This is what could happen to the window. <laughs> okay, now we have a tree. Okay, I want everyone to just take a few seconds and think about a tree in your life. So maybe a tree that was in your front yard as a kid, maybe a tree at the park where you like to hang your hammock, or a tree, what else do you do with trees? Uh, that you sit under while you read a book, lots of different things you could do with a tree. Does everyone have a tree in mind? You have a tree? Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm thinking of a tree also at my parents' house. Um, we had this Bradford pear in our yard. We lived in Bradford Hills, and we had a Bradford pear in our front yard. Um, and I loved that tree so much. I could climb it. It was super easy to climb. <laughs> my parents cut it down. I can see them looking at each other and laughing. <laughs> and I was really upset about it. <laughs> um, but anyways, I could climb it. I would, sometimes I would go up there, I'd put my headphones in and listen to music and like watch everyone below me. Um, or sometimes I would read a book. I could spy on the neighbors. They didn't know I was there. Sometimes I would be in the tree and I would just be laughing at my parents because I could see them down below and hear them. Abigail, it's time for dinner. Where's Abigail? And I thought it was so funny that they had no idea that I was listening to them. Um, Okay, so I could keep telling you all these stories about this tree. I could take you to the tree. It's cut down, so I can't, but hypothetically, I could take you to the tree, and you could smell it, you could climb it, you could pretend to be me and read a book. Um, yeah, I could tell you literally everything about the tree. But you would still never know my tree like I know my tree. Just like, you guys, I could pass the mic around, you could all tell me about your tree, and I still would never know your tree like you know your tree, because it's your tree, and that's what makes it really special. So this brings us to the idea of our family of origin. Okay, I'm taking a deep breath again, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> okay, so our family of origin, thank you, Bryant. Um, our family of origin is obviously our family, so that's where we grew up, that's like what our household was like, that is our parents, our caregivers, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever raised us or was a part of our family, our siblings. Um, with our family of origin, that's, I mean, that's where we grew up and where we had a lot of our first experiences in life. And so that is where we learned a lot of different things. That's where we developed traditions. We all have family traditions. Maybe, you know, like some sort of every Sunday night we get pizza and go bowling or things like that. Um, we have like grandma's recipes that are passed down. We have, um, what else? We have our sense of humor comes from our family of origin a lot of times. Um, we have inside jokes with our family. We have um, pets, memories of pets. We also have um, where we learn how to deal with our emotions, like some of the stuff that we talked about already. So 
we're entering into this world and we're growing up and we're watching everyone around us and trying to figure out how do we do these little random things in life. You see like uh, a lot of times you'll see kids, like my neighbor across the street, they have a little girl and sometimes when I look outside, the dad will be mowing the yard and then the little girl has her tiny little fake mower and she's following behind him. She's really sweet, but she's trying to be like him. Um, and so we're also always watching, our kids are always watching their parents. Okay, how do my parents handle conflict? Um, they're learning how to, uh, what else? They're learning how to, what to do with their anger, what to do when they feel anxious. Does this all make sense? Yes, okay. So I could take Bryant, I could take him to my house in Bradford Hills, and I could show him my room, and I could show him our Tennessee football room in the basement, and he could watch a UT game with us and see what we're all like when Tennessee is losing. <laughs> and I could have him try all of my mom's meals. I could show him all of our home videos. He can meet every single person in my family. But Bryant will never know my family of origin like I know my family of origin, right? Does this make sense? Yes? Okay. I'm going to check my notes to make sure I am not skipping anything. You can take some deep breaths or something. <laughs> okay. I think we're good. So, anyways, our family of origin, I think I've nailed the point, but, you know, we're, our kids are, our kids, I don't have any kids, but kids are watching. We're learning all of these different patterns. Again, like, how do we interact with everyone? Also, there's, in our family of origin, there is always someone who kind of sets the tone of what the household is like and what the family is like. So that's, could be like the grandparents. That also is the parents in the home. So they set the tone. This is what we do when we're angry. This is what we do when we're really excited about something. This is what we do for fun. And then the kids are watching and they're developing a lot of these same patterns. Oh, yes, patterns. So um, part of mental health is trying to look at some of those patterns and decide these patterns are really healthy and they work for me, or these patterns are not super healthy and they don't work for me anymore. And this is for everybody. There isn't anyone, don't do that thing at church where we're like, this is good for that other person to be hearing this. This is for all of us to be hearing because we're all going to have patterns who work for us when we're kids and then eventually we become adults. We're interacting with all these other people. We're forming new relationships. And so we have to try to figure out how do we build some of these new patterns. Okay. I'm going to get a drink of water. And then we're going to shift a little bit. You can take more deep breaths, too. Or get some water. Stretch a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yes, Brian is doing a really good job. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to shift a little bit into the why. I'm going to look at my notes a little bit more for this part. Okay, so why are we here? This is very important. Um, I'm going to take us to um, a story in Exodus. It's like Exodus, I mean really all of Exodus, but Exodus like 33, 34 is kind of what I'm going to be looking at. Um, so, as you know, in Exodus, God has led the Israelites out of Egypt, where they have been there for, how long do you know, Patterson, how long they were there in Egypt? <laughs> how long? 400 years. Okay, so for generations and generations, they were in Egypt. Um, and so, Exodus, God has led them out of there, and now they're in the desert. God is spending a lot of time with Moses. Um, and he's teaching Moses all these new things. You know, these are what I want you to do now as my people. Um, he's giving him the Ten Commandments. I think at this point he's on the um, second copy of the Ten Commandments. Um, so God has taken them out 
of Pharaoh's home and brought them into his home, basically. So he's basically giving Moses, like, these were patterns that you had when you were in Egypt. Now these are new patterns that I want you to have as my people. And so right before they're, like, kind of wrapping up, God's like, okay, here are the commandments. Now I'm sending you out. And God keeps saying this thing about, like, the people will know that you're different. He keeps saying, you'll be my people, and everyone will know that you're different. And right before he's about to go, Moses is like, okay, you keep saying that we're all going to be different, but, like, what, how will people know? What do you mean by that? And this is how God responds. Um, he responds by describing himself. So the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Which is a pretty cool verse. That response to me doesn't really make sense because Moses is like, how will people know that we're different? And God is like, this is who I am. Like if we went to Patterson and we were like, Patterson, how will people in Nashville know that the Antioch church members are different? Like how is everyone gonna know? And Patterson is like, well, I'm Patterson and I'm cool and I'm funny and I give long sermons, and I think mental health is important. <laughs> we would be like, okay, well, that's not what we asked. We didn't ask who you are. We asked what makes us different. Like, that doesn't... Um... <laughs> I'm not trying to be, you know, Patterson. <laughs> um... Okay, another thing that's weird about this verse to me or not weird, but just really interesting about this verse. Um, the way that God describes himself is totally different than any other ruler, king, God that the world had ever seen, still that the world has ever seen, right? And so when we think about rulers, kings, we expect them to be what? We expect them to be mighty, we expect them to be powerful, to be rich, to be quick to anger, and God is giving us a very, very different description of what this new kingdom is going to be like, what he is like. So we certainly don't expect, let's see, my next slide. Compassionate, by the way, means to suffer with. Um, so God is basically saying, you will be different because I am different. Because I'm not like those other rulers. I am going to be with you. I'm going to suffer with you. I'm going to be slow to anger with you. I will be overflowing in my love and faithfulness for you. Totally different. So do you see where God is kind of saying, like, you will be different because I am different. And I have brought you out of Egypt, where what was Pharaoh like? I don't, I always picture Pharaoh from that, like, cartoon movie, The King of Egypt, or I don't remember what it's called. Um, is that what it's called? The Prince of Egypt, yes. <laughs> so I always picture what, the, uh, what Pharaoh is like in that movie, and he's like super mean, really quick to anger. I kind of picture it as like you do one thing wrong, it's like straight to jail. You'd messed up, you're gone. But this is like the total opposite. And so what were the people like when they were in Egypt? They were a very anxious, scared, nervous people. And then God is saying, okay, those were your old patterns, but now you are here, and we are creating these new patterns. Kind of saying, like, I, like, kind of like a new tree. Like, this is our new family of origin. That was your family of origin, but we're going to come over here, and we're going to form this totally new one. Making sense? Yes. Okay. And part of those new patterns, the new family of origin, God is saying, in this kingdom, we have these authentic relationships with each other. I think Goyo actually talked about this recently, like how do we evangelize as a church? We, we build these authentic relationships with the people in our church, with the people outside of our church. Authentic relationships meaning um, not just like being nice to each other and smiling and saying, how was your week? Like authentic relationships is being able to sit with someone and say, Brian, what you're going through sounds really hard. Can I help you with it? Or how can I sit with you in this? Um, 
or maybe authentic relationships can be going to Bryant and saying, Bryant, what you said made me feel really hurt. Could we talk about it? Those are really authentic relationships, much more than just, what's up, Bryant? Of course, in the church lobby, we're going to be doing mostly that, but that's okay. Um, so God is wanting us to have these authentic relationships with ourselves. So learning about a lot of those patterns that we were talking about, learning about why do I feel these certain ways in certain situations, why do I have these thoughts that I have. Um, when we have these authentic relationships with ourselves, with God, we can have those authentic relationships with other people, right? Um, but it's really hard to have those authentic relationships when maybe we don't feel safe or maybe we have not developed a lot of those new patterns. So maybe we're still operating out of a lot of those old patterns. It can be really hard because that sometimes that means that we don't have our, we have a hard time noticing like what we're feeling because that's kind of a skill that we have to start learning as we are exiting out of our family of, I guess we never leave our family of origin, but leaving our house. Um, okay. So what happens when we don't create our own new patterns? Um, this verse goes on a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so the verse goes on a little bit. It says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. The first part of this verse was really awesome, right? And the second part is not so nice sounding. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, uh... I don't really know what to do with that, so I'm just gonna ignore that part. Like, I don't know what that means. Um, okay, <laughs> my notes are, my phone closed. Okay, so yes, so this second part isn't so nice sounding. And so when we think about our tree or our family of origin, we talked about how it eventually becomes our responsibility to look at our patterns and form new ones where we need to, right? Um, but what happens when we don't do that? We still become leaders, we still become adults, we still grow up, we still get these jobs, um, we still move out of our parents' house and get married and all of that good stuff. Um, But yeah, we never formed these new patterns. And so now we have all these people watching us and all these people following us and learning from us. And with my job, like I was saying, I'm walking into kind of like really severe situations. So I'm walking into homes where there's a lot of dysfunction, um, a lot of caregivers that have not done a lot of that, like looking at their family of origin and forming new patterns. And so I'm seeing like a lot of dysfunction. And again, this is not just for like severe cases, this is for everybody. So it's still, still focus on you. Don't think about, I'm glad that this person is hearing this. This is for all of us, because we all have patterns that we need to figure out. Um, but there are times where we don't work out. I mean, no one's gonna be perfect. No home is gonna be perfect. So there's always gonna be these patterns we have to figure out. Um, and then also I was gonna say, I was talking to Patterson a little bit about um, like what I wanted to share today and he said something, I hope it's okay if I share, I don't think he cares. But we talked about how there um, is something called like spiritual maturity, but there's also emotional maturity. And so I think about like when we don't work on these new patterns, you know, we still have these jobs, we still have these positions of leadership. I think sometimes in church, I think we've all heard stories about like a pastor somewhere or like a minister or a teacher or something that everyone looked up to for years and then they leave and you hear stories about like, you know, they didn't treat their staff very well or they were like 
really strict or mean or I don't know, some story comes out that you're like, what? They were such a good teacher, like they led us. And so sometimes I think that's where we can see like there is really high spiritual maturity, but maybe the emotional maturity is still kind of low. And so what we see in those churches, a lot of times there could have been like a lot of dysfunction amongst the staff, amongst the leaders of the church that can create a lot of dysfunction then within the church because we can all kind of feel what's going on even if we don't know what's going on. Um, So when a leader is not very emotionally mature, we find a lot of that dysfunction. And so we think about what happens with the, this dysfunction and what happens with these patterns. Um, it continues for generations and generations. It gets passed down. And so that's why like, working on our mental and emotional health is really important because these kids, I keep focusing on kids because that's what I do for a living, but our kids and our teenagers are really important. And so they're watching us They're forming patterns based off of us. Um, So um, maybe next time that we see a kid or a teenager or just anyone in our church, but especially a kid or a teenager in our lives, it's really easy to say, like, I don't understand their behavior. This doesn't make sense to me. It's really, really tempting to want to just label them as, like, they're bad or they're lazy or they're disrespectful. And we think that about not just kids, but people in our lives. You know, we see them and we're like, this person doesn't make sense. They must be crazy or something. But something that we can remember is that we can never understand their tree like they understand their tree. And just like with the window, we don't know what's gonna happen to them. Even if they've been through all the same things, they're affected in different ways. So maybe instead we can go to these people when we have these worked on these new patterns and we've built these relationships, we can all help each other too. That's like where there's a lot of the hope. Um, So I could go and say, Bryant, this behavior doesn't make sense. You seem really weird to me, but I can never know your tree like you know your tree. But I'm here to listen and I'm here to try to understand and I'm here to offer you grace. I'm here to offer you, what else does it say? I'm here to be slow to anger with you. I'm here to be overflowing in love for you so that I can help you. And then later you can probably help me because I'm gonna have times where I struggle. So does this all make sense? Yes? Okay. Um, But yeah, that's where a lot of the hope comes and that's why it's important to us as a church and to Christians because we I mean, God has given us the tools to work. He's given us like mental health providers. He's given us schools where we can go and learn and then we can turn and help other people grow and learn. And so that's why this is really important. He's also given us these leaders at church who they're not always gonna be totally emotionally mature. That's always gonna kind of like go up and down, but he's given us this family so that we can all be together and we can all help each other. So with that, Let's all take a really deep breath. My speech is over. I don't think I forgot anything. I probably did, but that's okay. Um, And Rebecca is going to come up here. Oh, for Brian. Thank you, Abigail. That was fantastic. I am so glad that you accepted our invitation. Um, And Patterson, thank you for your vision on this and for inviting us all to participate in that. Um, That was a really good message of compassion um, and understanding. And thank you, Abigail. Okay, guys, um, after um, I make the next introduction here, Patterson's going to come lead another song or two, and then we are going to go into a quick break um, and our first morning breakout sessions. So you guys can begin looking in your bulletin. Um, This page with three different options will be your choices for this morning. Um, So you guys can go ahead and start looking through those, and I'm going to um, just briefly introduce those classes and those speakers um, so that when you get into your classroom, um, we won't have to take their time to introduce them. Okay? Um, So first up, we have in room 2023, 
Dr. Bethany Rye. Thank you, Brian. See, he noticed that I wasn't advancing the slide and did it for me. Um, so in room 2023, we have Dr. Bethany Rye teaching a class called Explanations, Not Excuses. Does understanding my past make a difference in my future? Um, in her class, you will explore various factors that contribute to health in order to better understand yourself and others. Dr. Rye is an associate professor of community and public health at MTSU. Among her many interests, she is involved in programs for women and girls, moral disengagement, and stigma and equity in healthcare. Where'd Brian go? I might need Brian back up here. Um, she is also the chair of the Preschool and Children's Committee at the First Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, and she is a former colleague and friend from MTSU. So if you are interested in her class, when you exit, you're going to go straight down this main hallway and her classroom will be on the right, just past the bathrooms. Um, let's see here. And then in room 2022, we have Dr. Danny Camp teaching a class called Anxious About Anxiety. Um, building relationships in the face of crises. And in his class, you will explore depression and anxiety in greater depth and add practical tools as you learn how to navigate those areas. Dr. Camp is a licensed marital and family therapist who currently practices with Agape Nashville. He specializes in marital counseling and spiritual direction. And before counseling, he was in ministry for 25 years. So if you are interested in his class, you're going to go down that main hallway also, and that will be one of the first classrooms on the left. And then our third option will be with Miss Abigail Rucker in room 2426, and she will be teaching a class called Flourishing Together, make sure I get this right, Christian Service and Community Health. Um, and in her class, you will explore how Christian service impacts our health, and you will assist with a hands-on volunteer opportunity um, in partnership with Healing Hands International. Ms. Rucker has experience in education, foreign missions, and healthcare. She is a graduate of Harding University and has taught in the Arkansas Public Schools um, before moving to Haiti as a missionary. So if you are interested in her class, you're still going to go down that main hallway. You're going to um, pass Danny Camp on the left and pass Dr. Rye on the right, and then her class will be down a little bit further on the left also. Um, so after Patterson comes up, we are going to have a short break, and then those sessions will begin at 11.15, but I encourage you to find your way to the classroom early um, to meet the teacher um, as they are coming in, spend some time in the lobby um, just talking and meeting some friends. If you have not yet picked up a ticket for the afternoon session of your choice, you can stop by the table and do that also. Um, so Patterson, if you'll come lead us in another song or two, and then you can be dismissed when he is finished. Let's go ahead and just give Abigail another round of applause. I, um, I, I, was, I, was, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to, to think of a sermon series out of, out of Exodus 34. Um, that, was, that was such a, a, a beautiful link. If you were following the progression of her analogies from the window um, to the tree and then going to verses 6 and 7 of Exodus, uh, Exodus 34, that was, that was amazing. That, that would preach, as we would say. Um, but we, we want to thank you so much, Abigail, for just, you know, taking your expertise. Uh, we know this is not kind of like the setting you would normally be in, but just to, to share with us in a very authentic way. I, I believe it was authentic, and we thank you so much for that. We're going to sing a couple of songs. If you guys don't mind, we've been sitting for, uh, she did such a great job. You could preach at Antioch. You, you went for 40 minutes. That was great. Uh, we're going to sing a couple songs. If you're able to stand, please feel free to stand. If not, you could sit down as well. But we want to sing hymn number 47 in our hymn book, Holy, 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 Holy. Uh, it's amazing that we serve a God that is holy, that is perfect. And, and even though we are imperfect, he still calls us into his presence. He makes a way so that we as imperfect people could be in his perfection and in his holiness. So we want to be able to sing the song together and then we will have a short break. Holy, 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 
Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, our song shall rise to dismissed for a few minutes uh, and then we'll resume with our session our breakout sessions I think promptly at 11 15. <laughs>